This is Slashers, your new favorite horror podcast about your new favorite horror media. And with me today is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Abe. Say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hello, mutant goons from beyond. It's Tromarch. I'm so excited again. Did I hit those uh those Jake notes pretty good for everybody? I don't really host a podcast often. <laughs> I know, I know, but I feel like we needed uh, you to do this one because you picked this movie, and this is, I think this is our first time, Jason and I, doing an episode just you and me, yeah, right? Yeah, that, exactly. Okay. We're the new ghoul friends, okay? <laughs> or be the Gilmore ghouls. We'll just talk uh, about Gilmore girls the entire time. Oh yeah. my god, that's yeah. a great idea! <laughs> <laughs> the Gilmore ghouls. I'm like, who, oh my god, I can, Lorelai's making me so fucking pissed these days, okay? Mm. Who makes you what? more upset, Lorelai or Rory? Well, it just depends on the season. <laughs> because, and I will really, now I have to talk about this. So, we thank got, you. No, hey, we got this. It's a shorter movie, so we got plenty of time. I'm sure our, our especially during Trauma Month, people are loving to hear our Gilmore Girls chat, okay? Well, if you're going to watch Trauma, you could sit there bleh, through Gilmore Girls, so get the fuck over it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no. It just depends on the season because there are times where Lorelai is so insufferable and it just seems like Rory has a good head on her shoulders and then Rory just flies off the rails. I'm not sure. You said you were in the Yale episodes, right? Uh, she- actually, we are in the the reboot now. And now I didn't watch everything. Let's see, what, we have stuff on the background or Ian would watch some episodes without me, but I watched pretty much most of the series and now we, we finished the regular season and now we're on to the, the revival. Um, oh, what episode are you on the revival? Uh, the last one. Because they're all like an hour and a half long or something. Yeah, the uh, last one is the only good one, honestly, in my opinion. <laughs> the other ones, I'm just like, because Rory's this fucking hoe. And, and it's okay. And it's like, and I'm a woman and I, I'm very like, you know, and I don't want to say don't be a part, don't be like with your sexuality because I think you should be, right? But like, how are you going to screw some guy dressed as Chewbacca standing in line outside? Like, you don't even know what he looks like. Yeah, like, that's, no, no. That's so random. And then she's just a cunt the whole season. Like she, you know, even when she, did she go on the job interview yet? I don't want to ruin it for you. She, yeah. So she went on that job interview that she didn't want, but she's actually so entitled that she was like, it wasn't even a job interview. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she didn't even bring a resume or any samples. No, or she anything. just showed up. Yeah. Or the episode where uh, um, she was like, I'll just do this thing on spec for the line things. And then she never does anything again. Or I did feel kind of bad about her, about the, uh, the biography she was trying to write with that crazy person. Yeah, yeah. But then she, everything else she did, she was just a total pain in the ass this season. Like I was like, get up yourself, Rory. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's yeah, she's really not that great. I mean, you know, first with having the affair with Dean while he was married, and I don't want to say anything about that because I I don't judge those types of things because I I get it. Like Dean wasn't happy or whatever, but she she could have like she has the potential of attracting very um, successful people and dean it was just not i'm not to say that dean wasn't successful but he wasn't like he had nothing going for himself he was small town you know he was very like not her thing and he was never not her thing like he was just the boy the first boyfriend but he was never her thing like jess was always closer to her level as far as intellectual and and it just pisses me off that like she's still fucking around even to this day with logan who's engaged to another woman yeah, she, I was like, I was like, did you learn nothing from your Dean Jess situation at all? And Logan like wanted to marry her back in the day. Like, bitch, if you really wanted him, you should have just married him. Like, you could have been divorced by now and living your best life. Exactly. Like, exactly. And you would have had his money because you would have gotten something out of the 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 Huntsberger fortune. That Huntsberger, and he can give her his mom, his awful mom, the finger as you walked away from that divorce settlement. Oh, that fucking cunt. Oh, talk about cunts. But you know what? Like, I wouldn't want that bitch Rory in my family now. Now that I've gotten to know her, no. Like, fuck no, Rory. No. So, um, it's all about Luke, really. Luke and Kirk. Kirk's the best part of the entire show. <laughs> you would love And speaking Kirk. of Kirk and trauma, it's trauma month. <laughs> trauma March. <laughs> That's how we bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Kirk is not James Gunn. He's he's Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn. He's, yeah, he's in a uh, Tromeo and Juliet, the one who opens. He's, he's like the first thing you see in the entire movie where he's trying to have sex with his sister. Uh, mm-hmm. Trauma, trauma is just true art. And today we're doing Death by Temptation, which is a really good trauma movie that I feel like doesn't really get enough attention that it should. As yeah. for me, this is like a hidden gem of the nineties. You know, 
Oh, it's so good. I I was really impressed by it because I, you know, I'd never seen it and you said it was good. And uh, I finally, I thank God Austin said it was on Shutter yesterday because I would have been watching it on Tubi with ads. Not that I don't like Tubi. Yeah. But, you know, it's a short movie and I don't want to be interrupted every five minutes, you know, talking yeah. about Claritin and, and my, you know, renewing my house mortgage or whatever. So I've gotten so lazy on Tubi because when I, like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And like, let me go to YouTube real quick to make sure nobody's ripped it first. Because I'm always watching some like trashy 80s horror movies and I have time you can find it out free on YouTube. And I was like, well, here it is. No ads. But I do love Tubi, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Tubi's great. I just, um, you know, I, I didn't want to have to spend a lot of time because I think I watched Housebound on Tubi. Did you do Housebound with us? No, I didn't do no. I was on the Housebound episode. Okay, so we watched the Housebound, and it was on Tubi, so I'm like, all right, I'll watch it on Tubi. I forgot the movie's two hours, so it took me like four to watch it on Tubi, and then Austin's like, oh, by the way, it's on Shutter. I'm like, fucking, I'm, so- <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying for Shutter, and I'm not watching shit on Shutter. Exactly. So. I, that sneak up, sneaks up on me, too, because I like Google it, and of course, it'll say what it's streaming on when you Google the movie, but Shutter doesn't pop up on it because it's not a big streaming service. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes that, that's got me in the butt too. But actually, I watched the Joe Bob Briggs episode of this. So I watched it. So I, I did watch it for two hours long yeah, this morning. So which one was it? Because I was looking for the Joe Bob episode where it's just his commentary minus the movies. And I went through all the seasons because I wanted to listen to what I was cooking today. And I sure. couldn't find it. So. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Hmm. Interesting. Because I watched the full movie and the, oh, so the Joe Bob commentary. Yeah, I watched it with him. Um, I haven't watched. I mean, I've, I've seen the, so I've seen it, but I've never watched the just Joe Bob stuff. So it's weird that this one wasn't on there. But it, yeah, yeah, strange, strange. But you know, he he gleaned a little bit of information from that I hadn't seen from the Wikipedia's. Um, okay. I see. Did you find a budget for this movie? Because I could not find a budget anywhere. I didn't find a budget, and it. I don't know how much they would have spent on it, but it didn't do too badly. I found out how much it grossed. Yeah, I got in the. So this movie came out uh, May eleventh of nineteen ninety. It grossed two point two million at the box office, which is pretty good, especially for you know a trauma movie. So the what the competition that month, or yeah, for May was Buried Alive, Tales from the Dark Side, which is a pretty good anthology movie. Yeah, um, my favorite. The Amityville Curse, which I'm sure is probably not good. Blades, which we've done on the Patreon, which is a fun movie. Another <laughs> another trauma classic. Um, <laughs> the Fatal Exam and The Dark Side of the Moon. The rest of the year, we had Frankenhooker, Jacob's Ladder, Night of Living Dead remake, which is really an overlooked remake, I feel like. Yeah, um, I like it. I think it's good. Oh, absolutely. Arachnophobia, Graveyard Shift, which is a kind of bad Stephen King adapta- adaptation, but it was yeah. followed by Misery, which is one of the best. Flatliners, Child's Play 2, which is my favorite of the series. Mine too. Well, uh, besides Bride of Chucky, yeah. <laughs> it's such a huge tonal shift from Child's Play 3 to Bride of Chucky. But it works. Private Chucky is a really good one. Gremlins 2, Troll 2, everybody's favorite worst movie. It, Tremors, which is a great monster creature feature. Leatherface, Predator 2, Maniac Cop 2, Basket Case 2, The Witches, and Brain Dead. So there's a lot of sort of cheesy, good 80s, uh, 90s, 1990 movies uh, that year. This one was directed by James Bond III, written by James Bond III, and produced by James Bond III. Uh, the only movie he really did. He did some child acting, and then he kind of just uh, worked with Spike Lee. Yeah. And he was like, hey, Spike, you think I can borrow all of your people for this movie? And Spike was like, sure, why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> just giving him away. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, I just beat Ernest Dickerson, because he's pretty good. Um, the the, uh, the director of photography for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on to direct uh, Demon Knight, uh, Bones, which I know Austin on Frightmares did recently. He did a lot of horror stuff. He he mainly does television stuff now, but he was a pretty big deal. He was Spike Lee's cinematographer from up until Malcolm X, I think it was the last time they worked together. It was kind of funny because apparently Lloyd Kaufman had to do, be the DP for the climax, which I'm sure <laughs> is your favorite part of the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he was like, I felt bad because he did everything else. And I just had to do this one thing. So if it worked out bad, it would be his name tied to this. <laughs> like, oh. So he was like, so he was like, so I was like so stressed out doing that. But it, it needed to kind of, you know, punch up the movie a little bit. But, it, you know, it kind of it, it, it does feel different when you watch the movie. And we'll get into the climax here a little bit. Um, yeah. But I think it works. You know, this is after all a trauma movie. It is. Um, yeah. That, and that's what I felt was most trauma like. Yeah, was, for was sure. the shift of tone and like how it changes at the end, right? So, yeah. 
because I, I feel like they all kind of do that because like I'm, they don't know how to end it and they're just like oh well no it, it looks exactly like the end of class of nuke when i blow up that that creature <laughs> it's, it's like and apparently this they uh they took that uh the the monster they took it from uh sergeant kabuki man nypd Oh, I which, thought it looked familiar. Yeah, they took it from that and they blew that up, which I'm sure... Mm-hmm. Have you watched that one yet? Because I know you said you don't really want to do that on the podcast for valid reasons. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never... I, I have no desire. That one, it's, that it's one not I angry. do not want to be associated with Lasher's podcast. No, it's a... it's a, <laughs> Even like Lloyd Kaufman's kind of apologized for it. It's like, well, it's... it's it You know, it's a little bit of a... Now, it's very on PC. And then, of course, he's like, Mattel wanted me to do this thing. So they wanted me to make like a PG movie, but I still want to make like an R-rated Toxic Avenger movie. And I should have just done what I wanted to do or what they wanted to do instead of just mixing it. And it just kind of sucks because of it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, and that's the thing, because that one feels so incredibly, I mean, what we call spade a spade, it's racist, right? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) This one, this one is 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 an all black cast and i guess you could it's not this one is not race like this one we could have exploited you know especially in the 90s uh the way that you know urban culture was oh sure we could have exploited that so much more but i think i think having a black writer uh and having a black uh director well the same guy james one third who plays who plays uh joel in the film yeah i i think that by having him and doing it through his perspective, obviously, did a world of wonders here. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. See, I don't think there's one white person this entire movie. There is. I noticed. This is so weird because, like, I, I, you know, the other day I was in, and, and I just bring it back to school because the other day one of my girl, one of my girls was talking to me about how you know Black History Month is being handled at school because we have a very diverse culture in our, in our school and. And I looked around and I was like, well, you know, just look in this room. I go, there's not one white person in here. And she's like, oh my God, there isn't. I go, no. So I go like, you know, we're very, <laughs> and I didn't even notice. Like, and she's like, I didn't notice. I go, I didn't notice either. And she's black, you know, I'm, I'm Hispanic. And I'm like, see, like people shouldn't have to know, like you, you should just live your life. And like, it shouldn't be like a, you know, because it, it just gets into a point where there are classes where it will be all white kids and one black kid. Right. And then the black kid feels alienated. And I'm just like, you know, it's it's interesting seeing that in a 1990s film and literally just having the one white person. And I don't know why I noticed it, but he was like the zombie at the end. Oh, OK. In the uh, in the bar scene when they were when it, when the grandma was having the, the nightmare. Yeah. Like he was just <laughs> like and he looked like, you know, he looked like uh, Trent Haga. And I'm like, is that Trent Haga? Oh, and gosh. I... <laughs> Another trauma one. Yeah, I actually mentioned it. That would have been wow. That would have really been bringing, bringing it full circle. This is where I got my start as a zombie to a succubus or whatever. I've heard it been referred to as a vampire or a demon or a succubus. I don't know. She was a witch. I don't know what she was, but she was she was a pretty cool villain in this movie, I thought. Oh, she's great. I mean, can we talk about her for a minute? Yeah. Um, Cynthia Bond, I looked her up. I'm like, she looks so familiar because I feel like a lot of these actors, they all look very reminiscent. And I think this was just the style of the time. But Dan noticed right away that Kadeem Hardison, um, who plays Kay. My boy. Is, yeah. Is, is, is uh, Dwayne from a different world. He goes, oh my God, it's Dwayne. I go, who are you? Like, I didn't know you used to watch a different world. <laughs> he was Will Smith before the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, that's who, that's who, that's who Dwayne was on a, on a different world. Like, he was the coolest person you could possibly imagine on television. Yeah, I um, know. He was great. I used to love because, you know, we, we went from Cosby Show, then a different role would come on and we'd just watch all the reruns or whatever. Cause I don't and remember. then, for whatever re- reason, Lisa Bonet decided to go back to the Cosby Show and not be on a different world anymore. And it was like, okay, I got this, Kitty Parsley. I got this, guys. Don't worry about it. This is all me. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> you know, and, and and that's the thing. Like Lisa Benet, I, she just her decisions are very strange with a lot of things, but whatever. Not that's for Lenny Kravitz, though. Mm-mm. That is uh, a good-looking man. <laughs> I know what was, but well, she let. Well, they're not together anymore. Like, oh God, Lenny. Like, oh, and he is so cute in that new Jennifer Lopez movie. And I was like, listen, Josh Duhamel's cute, but I I would take Lenny Kravitz. I'm sorry, like. That was her ex-fiance. You have to see it. Anyways, I'm not gonna, we're not talking about Jennifer Lopez. Um, but so back to Cynthia Bond. She's actually um, a famous author because I thought like I had seen her 
in something from the 90s. Like she looks so familiar, which is why I was talking about different world because she has that look of the early 90s or like one of those, what, and I forget what music video it is, but Snoop Dogg's in it. Dan loves it. He plays it all the time when he's been Murder was the case. I don't know. It's where the girl's going through the party and she's acting all like. Oh, Gin and Juice in that, that one? I think, I think it's a Gin is and it Juice Gin one. Is it Gin and Juice? I don't, even, I don't know. And then they all spray her with, with 40s. She's acting like a, a stuck up bitch. And I thought that that was her. So when I was looking her up, it's not her, by the way. No. But she, she's actually went on Oprah's book list. She's Dude. Like a, yes. like, I saw that. I remember when that book came out, I saw it everywhere. Because I would go to the Barnes and Noble in back where in Greenville, North Carolina. And that book was like plastered everywhere when it came out. It spent six weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. It was a huge book. Um. Yeah, she went to journalism. She did journalism at Northwestern. Like, she's a very intelligent person. She works with at-risk, at-risk use in L.A. Okay. Um, so, yeah. yeah. She, she wrote Ruby for those of us that uh, haven't read it yet. And I haven't uh, read Joe it. Bob was talking about it on his episode. And he was like, it's a very, it's a, it's a very tough book to sit through. Apparently, it's a lot of, like, uh, you know, like, sexual assaults and all kinds of just crazy, like, torture and stuff. It's like, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I if you I, took a little uh, um, inspiration from working on this movie. It, it's it's tough. Like it, yeah. And and I haven't read it, but when it, when we deal with themes like that, like you know, all of those Oprah books, they all have some kind of horrific, like real life horrific assault in it. And I yeah. I, I can't read it. Like, what about it, the Reese Wither Witherspoon books? You read those? The crawdad shit. Like I, I you know I I can't do it. I like. I feel like it's just gonna piss me off, you know. And I just <laughs> like I watch enough horror, and when I read, I like the books I read are like about like eighteenth, nineteenth, no, about like nineteenth century women's suffrage movements, and like <laughs> like those are the things I read. I just really <laughs> edge of your seat kind of things about these women being in power to go vote. Like, exactly <laughs> exactly like we have to vote thank you you know like they couldn't like what and all of these women who had money once they got married like all their money was their husbands and they were like you know that was it it was null and void all of their fortune was gone and it was automatic anyways that's the kind of sort of thing that, that interests me <laughs> when i'm reading <laughs> oh man so, you were a very complex person there aid yeah <laughs> uh, well hence the gemini i'm just very I'm, i have like two sides to me so anyway um but yeah so having her in this in a trauma film and then i guess her cousin is like a, a states person or, or like in the yeah i saw something about that too and i was like well she was in a trauma movie because so she's not important um no. <laughs> <laughs> no what is it oh she's civil rights activist julian bond um's cousin and i'm just like okay so she's like very important sure obviously yeah so trauma she's know exactly where to go <laughs> yeah and then her first scene is with some guy running naked through her house with his dick out dick hanging and all oh yeah it was uh <laughs> just hanging way yeah like the first five minutes of the movie because like can we talk about that how much of a douche that guy was by the way Oh my god, the fact that it opens up with him, I'm like, please, I don't I do not want to sit with this motherfucker the entire movie. Like, what was he telling the girl? He's like, he's like, oh, just get rid of the baby, just have an abortion. He's like, you know what? I'll pay for it. You know what? Just drop the bill in the mail. And I'm like and he was like, Yeah, it's like as soon as that check clears, me and you can play, we can hang out again. How's that sound? <laughs> like, I was like, holy sh this is just the worst kind of human being. And they're like, well, as soon as he hangs up, he's trying to pick up this demon lady. Like, the second that, I mean, she can probably still, you know, you still, hello, and you hear that clear. He was like, what's going on, babe? What's you up to tonight? Yeah, and he was already making plans with another girl on the phone before he even met her. <laughs> After the girl who was pregnant. And I go, oh, my God. <laughs> Which, by the way, I wonder if she ever did get the abortion. Who knows? <laughs> That'll be death by temptation, too. <laughs> <laughs> The baby comes back. The fetus comes for revenge. Yeah. Um, no, no, the uh, the circling. That's what the circling is the about. Circling. That's what the circling is about. God, that's awful. Anyway. Oh, somehow not a trauma movie, but certainly feels like one. Mm. Oh, well, especially with that name. But what yeah, can you do? yeah. Um, um, yeah, but that, that whole scene was pretty cool. And he like sets the stage up perfectly. And, you know, she hooks up with him and then she kills him. He's hanging, running around naked. Uh, nice body, by the way, on this guy. Yeah. Um, 
for an awful person. <laughs> yeah, he clearly was working out. But you know what they didn't do back then? They didn't concentrate on abs. Do you, you know, ever notice that? Like, especially with AC Slater, it was all upper body, but there was like no definition in the abs. Yeah, so. he was a wrestler though, so it was all over by. No, he skipped leg day. He was a wrestler though. Oh, he was a wrestler. This guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, AC Slater or the guy from the movie? Uh, no, AC Slater. Yeah, I don't know about a, this guy. Yeah. yeah, he was a wrestler. That's true. With his Jerry curl, I love that. <laughs> great, great remakes uh, show, by the way. Or I haven't watched it. I'm just like, ugh, I don't know yeah. about this. It's actually really funny. Like, I didn't want to watch it, and we we ended up downloading it, and like. I was like, like the first five minutes had me cracking up, like legitimately made me laugh. I'm like, all right, we can watch this. We can. Who was the new screech? I want hopefully this screech won't go down the same road as the the last screech. Whoever they, I'm sure they have some sort of dorky character. Uh, well, they they have a trans character, so I guess they're trying to be progressive. Um, oh, what is it? They, it's on Peacock. It's on Peacock, yeah. Uh, but all of the original cast comes back. I mean, obviously Mount Screech, you know. May he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> Tested even, Diamond. Even Kelly like Kapowski? Kelly Kapowski, yeah. She's married. She is married to Zach. And Zach is a, uh, he's the senator of California. Really? And his son goes to Bayside. And, yeah. And, like, Zach and Kelly, I forget what Kelly does, but it's some nonsense. And, like, Jesse She's works- still a waitress at the max. Is that what she's doing? No, she she was like trying to peddle her shit online. She's trying to be an influencer. Uh. And uh, like, you know, she's trying to be like, I forget what it is. You have to watch it. But um, Jesse is like a counselor at the school. And then AC is a coach at the school. And they're, Jesse was married to somebody else. And, it, or, and AC is like still single and he's still living the bachelor life. And it's like, <laughs> so yeah, he did have, that guy did have a good body. And I, I'm glad... I think that the beginning was probably its strongest point because the blood coming out of the shower, the imagery there, the the sexy R and B playing in the background. Like and they were in, when they were in a New York apartment, they were like, "Oh, it must be Tuesday. Blood's coming out of the shower again." <laughs> oh, and by the way, the house that it was filmed in was actually Lawrence Fishburne's house. Yeah, was he still going by Larry Fishburne at this point? Larry, That's what I wanted to know. He was still Larry. Yeah, I think he was still Larry. When was part three? Part three was eighty. I was eighty-seven, I think, because I know he was Larry Fishburne in Elm Street Three. Um, I, I, you know what? Because of Elm Street Three, I always call him Larry Fishburne. So I don't know if he enjoys that. But if I, I don't know, he, he was cool as hell. He was cool <laughs> as hell in uh, Elm Street Three. Though I can tell you that much. I know he was great. So I know, when, like when you first watch that movie and you see Larry Fishburne, you're like. I wonder if that's Lawrence Fishburne. And you're like, oh my God, it is. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is when I was a kid after the Matrix was a thing. Yeah. So oh, anyway. Absolutely. Um, but he was apparently, he put Kitty in money for the uh, for the movie as well. Lawrence Fishburne uh, gave him a little bit of cash. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Apparently they had to get security for Kadeem Hardison because he was such a big deal at the time. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and you can, and you, but you can tell he, of all of the actors. Well, I think that, um, Cynthia Bond as the temptress, like I think she was fantastic. But yeah. besides Samuel Jackson and maybe, maybe uh, what's his face? Um, James Bond the third. Not James Bond the third. I thought he was terrible. Um, he was so like doofy. Like, yeah, like I think that, that's kind of how he was trying to portray himself as. And then I was like, you probably just had too much going on for this movie by yourself. You probably should have hired somebody else, to either direct it or be or be Joel for you. Um, yeah, because he was like, I just the aesthetic. Those makeout of- scenes he was in was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> man, no, I was, I was like, I was like, was he acting to be a bad kisser? Or was he just actually a bad kisser? I, I could see it both ways because he's, you know, super. Because you know, the whole thing is he's a sheltered person. Um, he's supposed to be out. He's supposed to be a minister. Um, but then when that first kiss and there after that uh, thing, he was like, "Do I move my lips? What do I do? You do all the work, right? Isn't that how this works?" <laughs> And then, like at the climax, where she's like, like all over him, he's still just like, Ugh. it was yeah. not a good. I, just, I was, I was like, I'm gonna give you the the benefit of the doubt, and you were pretending to be a bad kisser for this movie for your character. <laughs> I well, I hope that that's the case, but I, I don't know. I've I've kissed some bad, like bad kissers, man, like just <laughs> mouth wide open like that, and like watching that just like triggers me, like. Oof. Like there's nothing worse than like somebody who can't like. Bleh. Anyway, um, but yeah, Kadeem Harrison was a good kisser. Yeah, he probably would. You know, and it's so funny because like when I was looking him up, he looks so different now. 
Nice. Oh, he's like 60 years old. I know, yeah. right? But like, you know, so is Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson's old as dirt, but he still looks like Samuel Jackson. That is right? very true. And he's awesome in this movie, which uh, they're, yeah. I mean, the, the posters for this movie are so <laughs> hilarious because they say, starring Samuel L. Jackson, he's barely in the movie. <laughs> well, that's probably, especially now, like to get people to watch it, they're like, oh, Sam Jackson's in it. Then we got it. Yeah, it, same, it came out the same year Goodfellas came out. So he was also in that. But of course, that was also a very small part in Goodfellas. You know, he gets popped in the back of the head by. Um, <laughs> fucking joe pesci yeah right yeah and i loved him i loved him so what did joe stacks. pesci share him? yeah so, <laughs> stacks he was he was a musician at the club and he was he drove the getaway car but he like got he got shot up heroin and he fell asleep and they the police found the car yeah so like all right stacks you gotta go bud sorry <laughs> like, but yeah he fucked up and like yeah. uh bless his heart but he was good i oh and then of course i think what what like really solidifies? I think Sam Jackson maybe is uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's where that that was his big you know coming out. He didn't win the Oscar for that, but he's still kind of salty about it. But it was, I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's Pulp Fiction. You know, that movie's fantastic. Oh, it's great. And he's movie. the best part of Pulp Fiction. Don't he come really in with is. that John Travolta dance and shit. Nah, nuh-uh. It's Samuel L. Jackson, for sure. I have, I have that picture of uh, uh, John Travolta and Uma Thurman dancing, because that's what Dan and I do. Like, when we get drunk, we put the video on and we do the dance. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I Sam Jackson is so great. It's so great, especially when he's wearing that shirt. Oh, God. Anyways, but him in this movie, I always feel like he's always yelling, right? And the minute I heard his voice, because I think I was on my phone or I was talking, I was probably talking to you guys. Probably. Literally, I'm always on my phone talking to you guys. And I hear him like, oh, here we go. And he's like preaching and stuff. And I was yeah. really disappointed that he didn't have a bigger. You see him at the beginning and there's a car crash that was maybe caused by this temptress. You're not, that, that's a little bit, I'm not quite sure about the whole Samuel Jackson being killed by some lady in black. They're not, maybe it's the same person. Maybe it's not. I don't know. And then you yeah. see him in a, yeah, and then you see him again at the uh, the dream sequence at the towards the end, um, before Grandma comes back out of nowhere. Yeah, go Grandma. How the hell did she get to New York? Anyway, um, but like she or he, I guess the the mother had seen the woman. Samuel Jackson was drunk. I guess. Yeah, it's and, not because that's why he doesn't. Joel doesn't drink. That's what I took out of it. I, well, he's also. I mean, I know a lot of people that are religious. I don't drink. Um, yeah. it's, it's a very, it's a very big Baptist thing for whatever reason, you know. And I grew up Southern Baptist. So. Oh, <laughs> well. well, actually, I'm, I'm Methodist, <laughs> but I went to a lot of Baptist schools or not schools, churches. <laughs> churches. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but like, as far as let's see, and like, I grew up Catholic, and they can drink and smoke, can't fuck, but you can do everything else. Oh yeah. um but as far as like that goes yeah he's he's starting to be minister like the grandma's getting i mean they really did try i feel like to create a cohesive story as to in setting everything up and i feel like as far as a trauma movie goes this was more or less effective more effective than some of the other movies that we've seen obviously (laughs) because sometimes like i'm watching it and i'm like well what the fuck's happening now like i i still don't like I like Terra Firmer, but I'm still not sure what it's about. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> This movie compared to Redneck Zombies, what do you think is a better movie? Oh God. <laughs> you know what? I did like Redneck Zombies, but it's a complete ripoff of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and... But no, this is I mean, Louis Kaufman says it's the best movie in uh, the trauma category. Um which Death by Temptation by... is, which is, you know. Um they said it was it, he had a big issue getting it into the video rental stores because he said they just didn't want it because they were they, he said it was racism they said they just didn't want it they thought people were going to be rioting in the the vid, in the blockbusters oh my um, god yeah it's it's so interesting that you say that because i don't know if you saw the the little factoid that i found um from like i guess it was released in 97 in sweden and so after this was after vampire in brooklyn so sweden like was marketing it as a vampire in brooklyn part two because she's a succubus but isn't kenny morrison in vampire in brooklyn too i can't even remember i haven't seen the movie in so long we gotta or is bill one. nunn who's also radio raheem from uh do the right thing yeah well bill nunn i always remember him from sister act i hate to say that but <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Which, yeah, know. he's in that too. He's in that too. <laughs> metadata, metadata. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, hashtag sister act for this one. We'll put that I, in there. It's really I, throw people for a loop. 
Sister Act Part One and Two. Thank you. But yeah, like all of these movies came out at like the same general time, and like the Fujis. Like... We'll put the Fujis on here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It takes me back. Like this, this always just, like just reminds me of early '90s. Like this is everything that we're exposed to, right? So absolutely. Um, especially because like I didn't move into um, well, I moved to Georgia first, and then we moved to Florida. So I didn't really get to Florida until like I was like eleven. So like my whole younger life, I was in upstate New York. So I was really more exposed to like this kind of music and and this you know this whatever um, kind of R and B New Jack swing. Yeah, like listening to All for One and TLC had everything. Like oh my oh, god, yeah. it was, it was like that was my thing, and then I yeah. moved. But anyway, uh, I, I can't find anything on that. We'll have to look that up later. But sure. um, with Vilna. Oh, I forgot Ernest Dickerson directed Juice. That's such a good movie. Oh, he did? You, <laughs> you got the juice now. Because <laughs> <laughs> Doug was talking about him in the last episode for uh, Tiffany, the doll. Oh, okay. Yeah. Black History. You weren't on that one. I wasn't on it, no. But I listened yeah. to it. They okay. called me out for leaving them on red for saying that I didn't that I didn't get on the episode. Dare Not bad. You, Jason. That's I was the busy. <laughs> I got things to do as well. I know, don't we all? It's so it's like you know, it's like oh, we're, we're all busy. I think it's like the older you get, it's like oh, there's just no time for anything. I swear. <laughs> No, he was he was not in Vampire in Brooklyn, but he was in Candyman Farewell to the Flash. Ah. Uh. Which you know he looks so familiar. Like he he was in everything. He, this guy is in so much shit, especially yeah, back then. Yeah, absolutely. He was on a lot of really good stuff. He died in 2016. Um, but he was on a lot of stuff for sure. Um, oh. like all this big Spike Lee guy. Yeah, yeah, and it it just feels like all of those like obviously in Spike Lee's movies like it's just like all of the people are interchangeable because he uses the same cast, right? So. Sure. Um, it's kind of like with Tarantino and like Rob Zombie, they always use the same people. It's like, yeah. why, why, why switch it up? Why change? Yeah, exactly. It up? It's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this movie, like, the, my favorite part of the movie was really um, uh, Joel and Kay. They, they, because they had a very brotherly relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when they were about to go out to the bar for the first time, and he's doing that uh, the changing montage. <laughs> I was like, good. yes, this is great. This is what I want to do. So apparently Kay, so they were from North Carolina. That is the Tar Heel State. And uh, so apparently Kay was going to be a preacher at some point. He was like, no, I'm going to be, be an actor. And he's just leaving his like machine guns around his apartment when he shows up. I was like, that doesn't seem super safe. No, and then he's got a Reagan doll on top of the TV. It's like very, um, I, I don't know, like they're trying to make a commentary but I don't quite know where the commentary yeah. is going. Yeah, I mean, so he's talking about, I guess he, he mentioned it. It's like what we see out there is a, 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 a happens with a economics environment and Reaganomics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also talking, and obviously it's a big allegory for, you know, the AIDS epidemic in the 90s, or in the 80s too as yeah. well. Especially yeah. for that, the, the gay guy who gets AIDS. Yeah, um, yeah. Or no, not, no, that wasn't the gay guy. The other guy that the just other like... Guy who- catches the 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 disease and uh, yeah yeah, they're clearly referencing AIDS especially how it affects like you know urban culture and and that sort of thing too because that you know I can't we can't really touch a lot on that can we um he buys champagne at a bar why is it probably have you ever gone to a bar and bought champagne because I know I have not absolutely I mean I'm not saying like mimosas but just like have champagne to drink like no especially because okay there's a difference like champagne isn't champagne unless it's from champagne france yeah so most of the time you're drinking prosecco or sparkling wine yeah and i know this because you know i drink it all the time (laughs) but like you don't go to the bar like because if i go down to tangerays like it was funny because a couple weeks ago we had gone down there and it's a basement bar here in orlando so yay tangerays if you uh, are listening we went down there and i saw john richardson pull out a little prosecco bottle and like pour a girl prosecco i go i don't know y'all have prosecco like i just order beer when i'm here it's like it's like cheers like you don't fucking order a frou-frou drink in a basement smokers bar like cheers yeah can you smoke in bars in florida is that a thing uh you can in tangerays i think it's probably the last smoking smokers bar that was here like you used to be able to smoke in other places and now they're owned by different people and they're like no you gotta go outside okay no because i remember north carolina outlawed it back in like 2008 and everybody like freaked the fuck out because tobacco built the state you know so it's still a thing 
So, but when the bars banned, it was like, I'm never going out to a bar ever again. This is so stupid. It's like, you can just go outside and come back in. You can still smoke. (laughs) And in Florida, it's not, well, we're in the South. So, I mean, really, what winters do we have? I know it gets cold in North Carolina, but like, I mean, here, whatever. Yeah. You just can go outside. But no, if you want to come smoke in Orlando, just come down to Tanqueray's where everybody knows your name. <laughs> and it's true because it's all the same bartenders. Like I know all their names. Like we're all friends. They all get Christmas cards. I bake them shit every year. So I love them. I love all the guys in there. Jeremy, Dave, everybody. Well, Dave moved. But anyways, um, so like it's just it's just it's a seedy bar. And for her to, to name all of these fancy champagnes. He's like, oh, wait, 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 that Dom Perignon. Let's wait on that. <laughs> That's like $150 a bottle if you buy it at the store. Like, yeah. the, the upcharge at the bar is just insane. Like, I would probably charge you 300 for it. Yeah. And this was in 1990. Yeah, in New York. <laughs> in New York City. Which, do they say what part of New York City they're in? I know it was filmed in Bed-Stuy. Was it Bedford Stuy Vincent? Isn't that how you pronounce that? I have no idea. I think it's in Brooklyn. Uh, it's yeah, it's like a, it's like like Hell's okay. Kitchen in Brooklyn kind of thing. Okay. Um, Jamaica Queens, where Fifty Cent got shot. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine, everybody. That's why we're laughing. Yeah, he made it out. <laughs> <laughs> he got to date Chelsea Handler. We're good. He dated um, Chelsea Handler. Why? You didn't know she dated Fifty I did, Cent? I did not know that. <laughs> She loves I did not know about that. It. <laughs> oh gosh! All I know is that Chelsea Handler's mad because she's a, a how dare she be a woman who doesn't have kids? You know. Yeah, that was the whole. I love that video, by the way. I'm like, this is great because I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Okay, we're getting off track here. All right, yeah. so, so who Back knew that you and I would get derailed so much? Like, uh, who knew? <laughs> who knew? <laughs> but yeah this movie like like i said i like i like uh Kay and joel's relationship a lot and then of course bill nunn who turns out to be like a, a proto x-file character from the fbi <laughs> yeah and then i didn't quite understand what happens at the end i don't have to consult my wikipedia notes because i'm no, like so like he gets killed yeah and then like in like so they they drug the the temptress with holy water yeah. Which that bartender just like, yeah, okay, I'll put this in a drink. Who cares? I was like. <laughs> and with his, his Jerry Curl, too. What the, You know what? The Jerry Curl has got to just die and stay dead. Like, that. what a horrible hairstyle. See, I'll, when I got my haircut, I almost got the Jerry Curl, but I was like, no, not today. Not today. <laughs> Maybe next time. A um, little perm at the end, yeah. No, I always think of uh, coming to America when they all get up and the, the, the other chairs are all Jerry Curled. <laughs> my god that's awful anyway yeah but yeah like they just hand her like here hey it's holy water put it in her drink everything's gonna be okay i was like huh that doesn't fly super well in 2023 for sure it's like she's gonna start screaming and farting and i'm like what the fuck is happening i'm like he brings out some some crazy knife and he's about to stab her with it but he gets stopped and then of course then uh cream harson just like jumps on his back and he's trying to stab her with it too it's like this did not go as you guys had uh, planned it i don't think no it was a shit show (laughs) and then they're like let's split up and i was like okay guys all right let's sit here and think about things for a second (laughs) yeah no i know and that's i think that will obviously to their detriment especially with um case he died well yeah that's or no case got the best death in the entire movie that with the tv when he gets sucked in my tv that was so apparently it was just done like a little bit of plastic and it was had a projector on there and they just like sucked him up, and then of course he burps it all out of the television. I was like, "This is really cool." <laughs> I know, and all the entrails that came out. And yeah, stuff. And then, it's like, like a. It reminded me of like, all right, we watched Elm Street. Let's see if we can just kick it up a notch. And that's yeah. kind of yeah, that's kind of what they did. And um, he burps at the end of it, and of course he throws up all the entrails and stuff, like you were saying. Um, yeah. there's some really really cool stuff in this movie. Um, it's a shame it, it feel like people were kind of discovering it now, but it's totally a hidden gem from the '90s, I think for sure yeah like especially considering like at the time the cast was prop was popular i mean aside from sam jackson but just to have you know um k in here like i think that that probably would have drawn on a lot of people yeah because he was so popular at the time and then like it, it kind of reminds me not reminds me of but 
you know, Wes Craven's people under the stairs came around, came out around the same time. Oh and yeah. So, you know, that you know, drew a lot of attention. And so that was, that was basically a, com- a commentary on the same thing. Sure. We're gonna, absolutely. We're going we're to look at these, you know, on two different like lenses. You have one from a big production, you know, Wes Craven and, you know, coming off the heels of, of, of all of the things that he's done, you know, namely Freddy Krueger is such a huge pivotal figure of the eighties Sure. And then, and then having this and, and have it as a commentary, but I think that Death by Temptation, I was reading that like really paved the way to a lot of you know urban and black horror, especially when you have Candyman, you know, taking Candyman from the UK and then setting it in Cabrini Green in Chicago in the slums of Chicago, and just sort of like changing everything up because Candyman obviously in the book is not black, right? But yeah. he yeah. is, you know, we just kind of change all of this up. For the film and it works so well yeah like it's just you know for especially for a small budget movie and you got a guy who's never directed anything before or written anything before now apparently i saw that basically he kind of divvied up the production stuff like uh basically uh james bond third would work with the actors and Ernest dickerson did all the technical stuff um mm. so it's so good good for him for realizing like hey i'm a little limited in my camera <laughs> stuff but I did a lot of child acting. So I, he he was 23 years old when he made this movie. Oh um, wow! Yeah. So like, it's, for considering all these kinds, of, all these things that go into this movie, it's I think it's it's a really good movie for the most part. It has yeah. its things like it kind of lags in the middle a little bit. You can kind of tell like he just like the the gay character that she has sex with, and then like has sex to death. She fucks to death, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of like I need to put something here so this movie's not lagging as much. Which is kind of how that felt. The the Bill Nunn character actually being in the FBI was like, this just kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, because he's such a slave bag. Yeah. That whole movie. So, just in... Mm. Yeah, and in the end, you find out that, you know, you see him doing the same things that she was doing, and she even says, even says the same lines, like, you should light her next time, it'll last longer. Yeah. Um, I was like, I kind of looked at my hands, I was like, eh, whatever. I guess and that then- works. I don't like that though because I think I feel like if any character is going to be that, I think it would have been K, right? Like, yeah, yeah. just the limo driver, some patsy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what kind of fucking shit is this? Like, I just think that maybe the roles should have been reversed. And K, I think it would have made better sense if K was the the succubus now or incubus. Yeah. I don't know. I'm reading incubus in some place, succubus, and who cares? Um, pardon me. Okay, just pardon me. <laughs> and then have the fucking bumbling idiot as the driver, right? Because Kay is not stupid. And no. that's what, you know what? And that's what that's what pissed me off at the end because I'm like, are you fucking serious? And yeah. I literally said that out loud. Yeah. And- <laughs> he was like, he was, I'll see you when I see you, bud. And I was like, just got come on. Just like you're in the FBI and then you're, you know, you kind of know what's going on. This is what you decide to do. Like that's that, yeah, that's just kind of a head scratcher for me for real. And then the grandma things, I was like, you don't really need the grandma to i didn't feel like he could he could have easily had these dream sequences not his grandma i feel like yeah yeah like that's just added it was an added bullshit in that and so like and plus like we could have used that time for other things right and not not seeing Nima running around like i'm just like (laughs) oh bless her heart she's not gonna go all the way to new york city she's just gonna go back to bed like this lady yeah, she's, she's, like, she's like all right i'm i'm, I'm getting in my el camino and i'm going straight to new york city <laughs> from north carolina of all places <laughs> oh my god so i'm heading up 95 and i'll get there when i get there and and like and that oh my god could you imagine it would take like two days and that's the thing too is like you know i i realized when i was watching the end that you know he's the third right james bond the third so his father and grandfather have had passed before that and so clearly he's kind of writing from a place you know within because in the movie joel is the last one in the family and that's why she's going after him and saying yeah kind of reflecting that sort of thing i don't know but yeah and also i was like so i guess why she wants to go after him but i wasn't unsure like what does she get if she uh, kills Joel. I was I was kind of unsure about like okay because I, I think the grandma explained something, but it wasn't it wasn't cohesive enough for me to care to remember. So I yeah think, yeah 
and, and you know whatever like if this is, if he was 23 and he wrote this like good for fucking him because this is a yeah. good movie yeah it really is it really is i mean the, the things i'm picking about are just kind of small nitpicks that don't yeah. drag the movie down too much at all really it's just things like maybe you could have tweaked a little bit here the runtime's fine maybe lags a little bit in the middle uh you could have tightened up the screen and um some of the editing probably could have been done a little bit better especially that scene where she walks in and Kay sees her in the mirror but doesn't yeah. see her in the mirror yeah and, I, and he's like this bitch what <laughs> But it was funny. That was a, that was yeah. a cute scene. Like when he realizes, because I'm like, oh yeah, she can't be in the mirror. And she's a great. She was really good at actress in this because there would be times where she's acting normal and she's happy, but then her face would change. Oh and yeah, go, for sure. Oh. Like I fucking love her. Like, yeah. She's like when she's at the bar and she's being all sweet to Kate, but then she realizes like, Kate is leaving, and she's like, she like, she can see like in like two seconds, she's like super pissed, and everything. <laughs> and he looks up, she's like, oh hey, oh, which I'm hey. like, that's probably a girl thing though. Y'all do that all the time though. Yeah, I do. Oh my god, I do that every day. Kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're a teacher, so you've got to do this all day, every day. Like, like literally, I can go from like zero to whatever in like two seconds. It's fine, but like I just think that. But the having a woman at the helm of this is, is a black woman incorporating gay characters, right? An all black cast. Like this is such a progressive movie. I yeah, think. it seemed like pretty much a mainly a black production crew too. Like you know they got uh, the R and B group. I forgot exactly what label it was, but um, like I said, we haven't really talked that much about the soundtrack. But it's like yeah, it was a, a some record labels gave them a whole lot of money for this movie. Like an R&B label. And it, well, it sounds like it because it's like, you know, like I said, Dan walked in, it's all music he loved back in the day. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like it was his, like his walk. I'm like, okay. So I knew that it was music that was popular at the time. And like, not only that, like, I mean, I'm not a big R&B fan, so I don't really know, uh, or hip hop, I guess I should say. So I, you what are you going to do when a Ben Sevenfold does an R&B now? Oh my God, they're on their way. <laughs> There's no R&B covers. <laughs> you know, if you remember those old albums, Pop Goes Punk, you know? Yeah. But then Sevenfold is just going to do a whole album of like genuine covers. Oh my God. You know what? I They don't even like, they had this whole like publicity stint where somebody hacked their Instagram and all their accounts and said that they canceled all their festivals. So that's why I'm going to Rockville to see them. And like, I don't follow them on the Pathologically A page. So I didn't notice it right away. But then I saw a news story about it. And I go, they're like, they're up to something. So basically, they get they come on the next day thinking, oh, we've been hacked. Follow us on Discord. Okay. Thank you, M Shadows. Appreciate you. Anyways, um, Matt like, Sanders. We all Matt, know Matthew Sanders. <laughs> how dare you? I know <laughs> they have such white names. It's so funny. Anyways, um, but yeah, like I think that like with this film and the music, especially, I think it's really important to have because it is. And in and of itself, it's a very good time capsule of that time, because I don't even think that other films like that had this kind of soundtrack. Like if we're looking at um, People Under the Stairs, maybe no. both did. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street had the Fat Boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you Are go. you ready for Freddy? You remember that song? Yeah. Yes. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> that, that should have died in the dirt what a terrible idea yeah. uh but you know what they... like m street 3's got docking m street 4's got the fat boys <laughs> you know and that was their int- like and i i i commend them for their attempt at trying to be inclusive because you know before this like black people always just were the first to be killed off right yeah but, or like the I... comic foil like oh yeah. shit you know that's whack <laughs> yeah exactly or, or, or i'm gonna get out of here or something like that and like and you know and it was it was funny because watching night of the demons is probably one of the oldest movies that i've seen where besides a night living dead but he dies he ends up dying anyway yeah. where i've seen the black guy make it to the end not only did he make it to the end night of the demons but a white girl is with him like and he's the hero of the movie at the end now you think he's gonna he think you think he's gonna cower it out for a second but then honestly he throws that up down and was like yeah i never doubted you for a minute <laughs> <laughs> well and that's the thing because it's like you know you don't know it's, it's because it was so unheard of right like i can't yeah. imagine i mean i guess we could probably google and find out like if there's any other films that really did it but at that time in the 80s did, was that a thing i don't think it was a probably thing not no i mean i was all if they were mainly they're actually they were probably they were mainly all white casts and mm-hmm. if they were black you know, they would be one of the first people to die um yeah. 
you know it's just how it was but it's, it's nice to see that and these are uh, and these characters are not caricatures at all they're just people doing their thing yeah um in in new york city just trying to get by one guy's basically having his amish rum springer rum how do you pronounce rum springer <laughs> So he's like, okay, before I be- commit full Amish, I'm going to go out and do a little thing. Have leave, some fun. Leave the wagon behind. <laughs> and, like, and then he doesn't even have a drink. Like what, He's like, well, there was no alcohol in that drink. Like, oh yeah, when, he, when he would pay or being so shitty to each other, I was like, I had a drink. But there was no alcohol in that drink. And he's like, oh, yeah, I bet there wasn't any big boy. Huh, that's right. Oh, you think you're big over there? You're talking to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but I thought it was such an interesting I thought it was so interesting though because at first he thinks Kay thinks that they're joking yeah, and that like they had met and they were talking about him and they were joking then he realizes when he starts to realize like no they're not joking and she's pretending she doesn't know me and yeah. then he starts getting pissed off and I'm like oh my god like that was actually a really good good scene because- yeah and like honestly if I was Kay I'd be a little I'd be feeling a little kind of some way too yeah. <laughs> like I mean, I'd be like, I'd be mad at my my boy, but it's not like it's not his fault. He doesn't know. <laughs> no, he's an idiot. We know this. Like he's this little, you know, bubbling fool that came up, has no experience in life. You're supposed to show him the way. Yeah. Help help him with his outfit, and that's about to the extent of it, right? And then you die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. I was like, I, these are my new Jordans too. Look at these things. They're pretty sweet. <laughs> oh my god, what a mess. And I'm thinking, like, why don't they have a sofa? Why are they sitting on cushions? What is happening? This is this is how this is how nine's apartments in New York are. <laughs> Everybody's out, sitting on a cushion on the floor. They don't really have a bedroom. Like, what is going on? And so, and that was a pretty big apartment, in my opinion, for New York City. Sure, probably bigger um, than my apartment in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> well, we all know my apartment has no space. So, yeah, I put my green screen up to kind of separate the rest of the. <laughs> not up behind me because <laughs> that night you can't see it anyway so anyway um but yeah all right so aid you've seen several trauma movies now uh would you say this is your top two top three yes this one would be in the top yeah um for sure like for movies and that's and i don't hate trauma but there are all so many of them just drag at some points like you just wanted to end yeah, after especially like with when I got to like the terror firm, or like movies two hours long, and it really shouldn't be. Poltergeist is is also pretty long. Oh, I know it's a musical, so those are always a little bit longer. But I love Poltergeist. That might be my favorite trauma movie, to be honest with you. Poltergeist. But, yeah, oh but it's God. but it it is so long, you know. And then uh, I guess I think Tromeo and Juliet's like a hundred and some minutes too. Well, I really liked that one though. Yeah, that's wow. really. I mean, I, I like all of them. Um, there's I mean, there's some trauma movies I don't care for, like the Toxic Avengers sequels and. Classic movie high sequels are pretty bad, but yeah, this is honestly not a this. Most of those movies, you know, because they're trauma movies, this one could get by without the trauma label. If you just knew this is an interesting movie, and if you're like, oh, this is actually a trauma movie, I think this is a really solid movie that stands on its own as being, you know, honestly, just like a a, a kind of a forgotten gem from the nineties. Yeah, it's very nineties, oh. and I yeah. love the cast. I love the people. I think it was great storyline. Like, and it it teeters on the sleeves. Yeah. Which but in a little... way that's like uh it makes sense because she's a succubus that's that's her whole thing she's a temptress yeah. you know like she's going um, so after it, it... these guys that are like fucking around anyways right exactly so. yeah and then i you know i think that as far as trauma goes like this is probably one of the better ones again i'll stick it up up there with mother's day i was very impressed with that one so i was telling jason before we got on here that jason now needs to be the one choosing the trauma films <laughs> because i can't do it anymore like i but the our, when we first did it the first go around a couple of years ago we not only did our episodes for our show but we also had to watch the ones with damn that scary because we had to record blurs with them so i not only watched five fucking trauma movies for us but then oh, five man. more except for kabuki man for damn that scary and you know how they are so theirs were ridiculous and so <laughs> Did they I, plop you in the poultry guys? Well, like the first trauma movie you watched. First trauma movie I ever saw was poultry. Guys. I mean, that's, at some point, that's that's kind of fun, but that's also a big ask for some people to like. <laughs> and I didn't even like. I knew what trauma was. I knew what Toxic Avenger was. You know, because sure. I've always been a horror fan. But like, I knew being on the show with all men at some point, <laughs> I'd be watching some 
fucking schlock and here we are so <laughs> it's fine like poltergeist and rabid grannies don't these movies sound so much fun <laughs> well actually i really like rabid grannies but you yeah, know what? Right. it's funny i like all of the trauma movies that are distributed by trauma that aren't really trauma <laughs> yeah you, yeah you don't like the produ- ones that they produce the ones that they pick up are the ones that you enjoy the most and actually the next one that we'll be doing probably i think is uh there's nothing out there is another pickup not a production movie <laughs> okay well see there you go so those are fine we can continue yeah. doing that that's fine if i have to see another what was it they put a finger up the butt at the beginning of poultry guys what was yeah that it? was poultry guys yeah oh god okay yeah well you know class of newcomb high is good until they shoot up the school and i you know that's the only thing i'm like you can't have school shootings like this anymore it's a little too it. close to home isn't it <laughs> it's too close to home and it's real like back then that wasn't heard of yeah now it like happens every other week so it's like you can't really <laughs> And I think that one guy was wearing blackface, and I'll stand by that. So I don't know if we can still. <laughs> okay, but anyways, I'll shut up about that. So. Yeah. Well, all right. I think we've uh, hit the hour mark, or pretty close to it anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, this is, this is definitely a highlight of the trauma catalog for sure. Um, Adrian, where can you find us on Redbubble? Well, you can go to slasherspod.redbubble.com. I don't know if y'all have been seeing, but I my my sweet little nephews, my twin nephews have been wearing the Slashers Podcast onesies. I saw that. Yeah. So you can get onesies if you want to dress your baby up because, you know, Austin's got one on the way. Um, I, I know that, uh, Jason, you have a baby. Yeah. He's got, he, has, he has a Slashers t-shirt. He does. I yeah. made sure that, that you guys would match. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if you have children running around, we do have children's clothing. So there's that. Um, but you can get dental dams, you know, stickers. <laughs> things that can prevent babies also. Um, yes, things that prevent children. Uh, Jake has thongs on there, used thongs that, you know, from his personal stash. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jay's like going to forget he's on this podcast. He's going to be like, what the fuck has happened in my podcast? <laughs> oh, well, he, I talked to him today. Did he, did he, oh, I don't know if he, but he did say that he was very sad he couldn't make it. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I know. I know he's, he's slammed. I talked to him not too long ago. Okay, good. Yeah. But he did message me back and he was, you know, he, I think he felt, felt better that I messaged him individually because, yeah. you know. Because um, I know I, he loves trauma month. I know he loves trauma month. <laughs> he does he does and we'll have to convince him to do one of them at some point this month because you yeah. know it's trauma trauma march <laughs> which, um you know. yeah also if you want to help us keep the lights on we have a patreon uh it's patreon slash slashers podcast um if you want we have all kinds of tiers. patreon.com yes slash um slash <laughs> slashers pod yes I just Adrian's gonna do all the plugs from now on. <laughs> no, it's fine. I I know it's a lot, but it's like all of these things I always have to remember, and it was always so much anxiety having Jake on because he would always ask me, and I'm like, "Fuck, I have to know." So that's the only. Actually, you know, I used to always write them down on my phone because it was always like a uh, roulette. <laughs> like, all right, Jason, now you're gonna say <laughs> Patreon. What's the Patreon? All right, Doug, what's the Red Bubble? Who knows the Instagram? <laughs> I know. Oh my god, you can follow us on Instagram at Slashers Pod. Um, you can follow me at Pathologically ADE. You can follow Jason at Jason Hill. But Jason, you're not really like big into social media, are you? Not really. I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't like anything. I'll, I'll scroll Instagram every once in a while. Um, don't I don't send him any. nudes, okay? That's all we're saying. I would appreciate it. <laughs> if you want to like see me, like, hey, I watched this weird troll movie. Have you talked? Have you seen this movie? Like, you can slide in my DMs that way. You know, I'll talk to you about troll movies all the time. But yeah. no, I'm not really active on social media at all. I have one on Instagram. That's it. I got rid of my Facebook years and years ago. Hmm. Well, I mean, I understand because it's so time consuming. So I get it. And the only reason I'm on it all the time is to promote our lovely podcast. So yes, remember any of the pages that you message, including the Mune Goons from Beyond, myself, Mikey, and I think Doug sometimes logs in, but it's really me there. So please don't send anything disgusting because I'm the one looking at it. Um, send the disgusting things straight to the people, right? And that would be Jake at Gacy Jones. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or Doug, because Doug sends all kinds of gross stuff to us all the time also. <laughs> oh, yeah, Doug Bizarro. <laughs> yeah, Doug Bizarro, who also has a, a show uh, on B-Movie TV, Friday Night Action, and his lovely wife, Yahira, does Saturday Night Terror. So give those yeah. a watch on B-Movie TV if you have a Roku. Yes, and Trash Juice is now on Tubi, which yes. features all of us, including Jason's beautiful voice. And my beautiful face. So if you would like to see either of those, please make sure that you watch on Tubi or you can 
order the Blu-ray. Yeah, give them a little ad revenue. <laughs> right, something. So, yeah. um, anyways, Jason. All right, uh, this is uh, Jason speak, signing off for aid. This has been Slasher's Podcast. Goodbye and good die. Bye. <laughs>